The Recap Book Chat duo is here. Time to get our brain cells in gear. And as Betty Smith said, the world is yours for the reading. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for stopping by today. We are so excited to bring you this next book. It is called Do More Better. A Practical Guide to Productivity by Tim Challies. And this was a book that was written in 2015. And where did you hear about this? Because you're the one that sent it to me. And thank you so, so much. I heard about it. I think it was also from the uh, same lady who did the Your Brain's Not Broken. Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need to put a link to her because you follow her on YouTube and she's about like decluttering. Right? Yes. Okay. And ADHD and she's a nurse, but she's pretty, uh, and she's entertaining too. Well, she has, she's a good uh, source because we've got two good books out of her. Cause this one is life changing guys. This one is life changing and I needed it so much. So thank you so, so much. I love how he breaks down productivity. So tell us, what, how does he define productivity? Well, my thing, um, what, what I, we all want to be productive, but I do have a quote. And it's a quote that he gives, and I don't think it's in the book, but he does give, uh, and I have to, before we say what is productivity, this is a quote by William Carey. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that do not matter. Ooh, that is very good. And he gives that quote when he's talking about productivity because he says he knows so many people that have been very successful, but it cost them their family. And he said, yes. so, so that's not really, you know. So it's not it, really successful. No. And he says uh, productivity is effectively stewarding your gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. And I like what he, after that, he says, you have limited amounts of gifting, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm, but yes. unlimited ways of allocating them. Yes. There's unlimited possibilities what you could be doing with your time, but you are very limited on what you can actually do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for us to know because basically instead of reacting to life, we, uh, we can w- w- respond and be way more productive to the things that are important, that we value, mm-hmm. that glorify God. And I, I love that he starts, with, he starts with defining productivity, and then he goes to your purpose. And he's like, what is our purpose? And it's to glorify God by doing good to others. So it's like when that is your purpose, then you build your life around that you build your to-do list around that and i love that it just brings so much clarity and then this is something that people have been struggling with since the beginning of time is like you know we think we don't do idol worship but we do yes idol worship can be anything that you know even a preacher if you heard a sermon and you kept saying oh he did a great job he did a great job no god should get the glory. And anytime, you know, uh, you think about that in the, in the old Testament, there's this, you know, 
uh, I don't know exactly where it's at, but they cut down a tree and they worship part of it and they use part of it to make their supper and stuff. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. what is going on? But we do that. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you have these precious kids, but for a season, but yet we spend most of our, a lot of time chasing after this and that and that. And just, this brings us back to giving God the glory and God much rather you spend time with your kids than have a brand new car or, you know, get your house redone or whatever, you know, don't let the, you know, that one, who who was it that says no is a complete sentence. So boundary guy. Yes. Yeah. Cloud, Dr. Henry cloud. And sometimes, and, and I love in his book, I know I'm skipping ahead, but you know, ADHD people do that, but I love the part where it said planned neglect. And he said, knowing what not to do happens only when we realize how truly limited we are. So he said, learn about the slow yes and the quick no. Mm. And I love that. And I, That's I just, good. I heard from my good friend, Lacey, which uh, I just love. Uh, we Vox sometime. And she was saying here, she has three children, great teachers. So she spends a lot of time on planning and all that. And she was also, I was like smiling when I was listening to her Vox. She was also coaching two uh, soccer. I think it was soccer or I'm pretty sure I, I might've forgotten the sport, but two of her kids league things. So you got parents to the right of me, parents to the left of me. I mean, she, that's a lot of pressure at the beginning of school. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, that is a but, lot. But she prayed about that. And then somebody wanted, she, get, she got a message that somebody wanted to uh, coach that. And I was like, wow, God answers prayer. Uh, you know, but uh, sometimes we need to do a quick inventory of our plate. And when it's too full like that, we need to pray because something needs to go. You well, know. he has a quote. I like what he says in the same way that our closets get cluttered as clothes we never wear accumulate. So do our lives get cluttered as well-intentioned commitments and activities we've said yes to pile up. So I love that he Yes. I mean, it's, I feel like it can be well-intentioned and he says that these can be very good things, but it's okay to say no to something very good. If it's not on your, uh, your, your circle of responsibility. And, and, and also to realize that things change, like for Lace, she could do that all during the summer, but when school starts, you know, can you see the difference? So yes. your season of life, like if you get sick or you have a child that gets sick, things change. So it's okay to like, I really like his, he's really big on maintaining and reevaluating. And that's, I don't do that. Like I could, I've had my desk cleaned off many times and then I go back and it's cluttered. What happened? Well, I'm not maintaining that. Yes. And he teaches you that. Um, I I thought that was, he said, we are, uh, on one part, it says uh, the, this is repeated over and over a home for everything and like goes with like. Yes. And then I had a friend who said, contain it. Itzel mm-hmm. was her name. She's like, cause she is naturally a born organized person. And there's people of you, people out there that aren't and bless your heart. I, I think I, <laughs> I've known some and they're amazing to just, yes. you know, but uh, it, it really helps us a home for everything and like goes with like and contain it. Because here's my thing in school, I would have containers, but I would put everything in the container. Yes. You know, instead of like goes with like. I thought that was cool. And there's, 
And when we're talking about like productivity and organizing, it's good to be aware that it's messy and that, um, like, I like that he had, he has all these cute little printouts. He gives you productivity work sh- worksheets and he'll tell you that in the book and all this. But one of them he had was, uh, he called it productivity lessons from the King. And it was about Solomon. Uh, and there's a proverb and the proverb says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Mm. And so the lesson in there, you know, is two is, I mean, our goal, we want to be organized and stuff, but it's good to have grace and know that, you know, a a well-lived in house, you know, you want it tidy and as clean as you can be. But at the same time, if it was like super clean all the time, that's probably because no one lives there. (laughs) Yeah. Or someone's anal about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Learning is messy. A productive life is messy. Yeah. So if you're at school or home or wherever you are, I think, uh, I think that's a good quote though. I mean, because what, what is our goal here? If our goal is to glorify God, it can get messy. If our goal is just to have a clean house, then it can't ever get messy. I think that's the difference. That's the difference. And that's so good that you pulled that out because if you, I mean, if you want to be loving toward your neighbor and have, have them over for tea, you're going to get teacups messy. I mean, you're going to, or if you're making a meal, it's going to get messy, you know, but to have people in, you're doing the work of the Lord. You are loving on people, you know, that, that gets messy. And if your kids, there's laundry and stuff. And he says that at one point that, you know, it, it's very difficult to have every single thing checked off at the same time. And that's okay. You know, it's, there's going to be some messiness, but like you said, that's not our goal. Our goal is to please God by doing the good works for others. And so it you can, really simplifies it down. You can even put this in all areas of your life. Like, let's say Junior comes home and he has a D on his report card. But you found out that there was a little disabled girl that he helped on the playground every day get mm-hmm. to the place. Well, I don't really think that's a loss. I, I no. think we can yeah. talk and, and he will feel you know, you're saying you are glorifying God. I am so yes. proud of you. And then you can talk about the math or you, I'm not saying don't, don't help him in that area, but boy, I don't think you'll be yelling and screaming at him because that's not going to glorify God through you. And then you realize that that's not that big of a deal. It's not like he's going to Harvard next year. You know, I think people blow things out of proportion. It's an inconvenience to a parent when their kid gets a bad grade. It's an inconvenience. It's not a tragedy. Mm, that's true. And I think we need and, to keep that in perspective. And this book has helped me so much just by that simple definition of productivity and the simple definition of our purpose. Like it has helped me communicate with my kids like, hey, like this is what's really important, you know, like glorifying God by doing good to others. And so like that is just I feel like, oh, that this is definitely going to be one of those books on the impact list when we do that next year, because so simple, so impactful. I mean, and it's just so core and it makes everything else kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's where where before everything kind of seems chaotic and all of that. He starts there and then helps you build out kind of your your areas of responsibility mm-hmm. that really uh, just kind of reiterate that number one purpose. So 
Yeah, he starts really broad, which can help you in any area of your life. And then he does go down to take it to um, little specific things and walks you through each one of those. But he does say three productivity thieves are laziness, busyness, which we've talked about quite a bit, and uh, thorns and thistles. And I liked the way he said laziness and busyness are things that arise from within us. So you got two things that come from within us. And then the thorns and the thistles are outside challenges. And he even puts busy and lazy together and says and calls it busy lazy, which uh, to me, I'm going to connect that with our um, Your Brain's Not Broken book, because busy lazy is when you were lazy, you neglected to do things in your yellow quadrant. And now you're living in the red quadrant trying Mm. to put out fires. Isn't that Great. great? Great connection. Yes. I was like, man, I can't believe these two books go together. But yeah. I like on the busyness too. I pulled out the quote. He says, busyness may make you feel good about yourself and give you the illusion of getting things done. But it probably just means that you are directing too little attention in too many directions that you are prioritizing all the wrong things and that your priority is suffering. Mm -hmm. So, and I think we've all felt that, Yeah, you know, at some point. And then he also said that his, he was talking about someone, but his life is chaotic because his soul is chaotic. And so I think that comes from not knowing your purpose, you mm-hmm. know, having that grounding in that. And never losing sight of that. I like, I like how he starts his, um, when you're going to organize things, which, and everybody that knows me knows this is a really challenging thing for me. And that's why I would get you the book. Cause I don't want you to have the struggle because the struggle is real, but so yes. is Jesus, but he starts it all with prayer. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, okay, before you go to the calendar or before anything, just kind of, and that goes with last time we talked about practicing the presence of God. He had a Latin quote, Coram Dio, which I may, I'm not like, I don't know how to do Latin, but C-O-R-A-M and then D-E-O, in the presence of God. So mm. I know another Latin phrase, carpe diem, seize the day. But I would all, I think I like this one, in the presence of God, because I think we want to be in the presence of God when we seize the day. <laughs> yes. And along the same, you know, I, I think he, he doesn't actually come out and say this, but I think we've all heard the, the thing about um, doing the big rocks first. Uh-huh. And if you have a jar and you put big rocks in and then you put, then little rocks can fill up the jar. But if you start with little rocks, you can't get big rocks in. So I, I think what he's essentially doing is helping us start, get our big rocks in and then mm-hmm. all the little stuff will fill in. And so. we know from having read books about um, kids routines are very helpful for kids but you know what they're good for adults too (laughs) let's be serious let's be serious and I liked what he said about motivation I really do because you know I really love the moon and in class we draw all the phases of the moon but he said motivation is like the moon it waxes and wanes I love that he's very poetic because you know and he said when it it waxes and it's, we can see that full moon, which there's been, the moon's been gorgeous lately. Uh, It's the blue moon. Yeah. That's when you fix those habits. That's when you get these things in order when you're, and then when your motivation wanes and cause he said, sometimes you don't see anything. 
You look up at the yes. moon and there is no moon. That's when, if you've put these habits into place, they'll just carry you through. And I love yes. that. I thought it was. I do too. It was beautiful. That's a, thank you for pulling that out because I don't think we realize that because we all have those times of motivation. And then, but I didn't think of them as like, we need those times of high motivation. And he says to build habits and to embed those habits in our system. And so sometimes we waste those, we get those high motivations and we'll, you know, kind of run around doing stuff and then, but there's no habits formed. So mm-hmm. I, I, I really like that connection. So the next time I'm highly motivated, I'm like, okay, I need to Let's be setting some habits. I need habits. And he also talks about knowing yourself. If you're, are you a morning person? Are you a lark? Are you an owl? Are you? And I loved that because I tried to do that in school, like mix up my schedule. Cause I, I think, and it makes a big difference. If a kid is a morning person, if you always do math in the morning, they're going to do well in math. But if a kid's an afternoon person, they're never going to, if they're not a morning person, then it's always really going to be unfair to them. You know, it's good to mix it up because Ben, you can see in the classroom, you've got some kids that are not morning people. <laughs> you know, you have one that's not a morning person, don't you? It's funny you said that too, because I, I'm really grateful for his school because they actually do that. They switch up. They'll do a week where the reading starts first. And then the next week they'll do the math the first thing in the morning. So they really switch that up. And my son, uh, my oldest son, who who is the not so much of a morning person, says that. He says, I really like when we have reading on first thing in the morning. So I, I guess maybe because it's not as taxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, a, it's using a different Well, and you part cannot be present in reading and no one knows. But if you're, yeah. not, present, <laughs> you're not present in math, you know, uh, of course, I will say, you know, when I was listening to uh, a mindset lady and she said she starts all of her talks with what is one plus one. Of course, everyone says two. And she said, really, if one cloud joins another cloud, do you have two clouds or do you have one cloud? You have one. And then so now she was saying that what people should do is what makes you say that? And ask mm. that question. She said, don't give the answers. Let the let the, your students give the answers and then ask what makes you say that? And I've heard that I used to do that. And you'll get some really good um, thinking, you get some well, thinking. You're very good at doing that because it, I mean, why not let people explain? Because like you said, there, it, there could be a very logical explanation. Like, and you said too, that I like the, the gut, the chewing gum. Yeah. One analogy piece of gum too. And one plus one piece of gum equals if you're chewing them, one piece of gum, a big yeah. piece, but it's still <laughs> one piece of gum. I love that. So, so think out, you know, think outside the box. I think that's the uh, we kind of want, and, and that's pride as we talked pride. about pride before. Oh, I know that. And she said mm-hmm. she was filled with pride. Uh, you know, she thought she knew all there was. And this man asked her to hold her horse, his horse, because he was going to go buy his horse a hot dog, which I think is just hilarious because she was, she knew that that would not happen, but he brought the hot dog back and the horse ate it. And she said, totally rocked my world. And I think this book rocked my world because first of all, he wanted this book. Uh, if you, you can tell, he said he wanted it to be short. It's a very quick read. It's only 119 pages and then it's really friendly font. So, I mean, not definitely you could read it in a, your spare time yes. in, in a week, right? Well, you, oh, you, you yes. read it when you first got it, you were saying, yes. I've already used some of it. So yes, right out of the bat. It, 
But let's go back. Who was that lady you were talking about? What was that from? You were talking about the mindset, the horse, that example. Who, oh, what's yeah, her name? I got that from Jordan Peterson. I was listening to her and she has a book out. It's not out yet. And I didn't write her name down, but I'll, I'll give it to I'll put it in well, the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And um, because it's not out yet, but it's all about, she is uh, the mindset. She's a mindset guru which um, she says it can help you heal better. It could be, but you know, Kate, you've always said words are powerful. Don't say, yes. you know, if you say I can't do that and, and then you really can't. Yes. And then Teddy Roosevelt said, if you think you can, you're halfway there. So yes. there's the difference in, in mindset because he wasn't even supposed to back to Teddy, to Teddy Roosevelt. He wasn't supposed to go outside. They told he was a very sickly kid. He wasn't even supposed to go outside. He had asthma and everything. He, he was kind of like me, allergic to everything outdoors. You know what he did? He went outside. And, and he's the reason we have national forests and parks and stuff. But he, he kind of lived outside. He yes. was like, I'll show you, you know. So about this book, I it's it says the title, A Practical Guide to Productivity. And the first part is kind of your, uh, the the theoretical stuff, you know, this is the, what do you call it? The, he's laying groundwork, but it's not necessarily practical stuff he's giving you. You know, he, you, he's giving you definitions of productivity. He's giving you purpose definitions and examples. And most books stop there, but I love that he does not stop there. So he gives you all this, but he does not leave you empty handed after that. He takes you by the hand and he shows you exactly what he's doing. And I that is so beneficial. I mean, he goes through all the different tools that he uses. He breaks it down into like his calendar and the checklist and the organiza- organization system and all of these. He breaks it down step by step and guides you along to help you set that up. And I am so grateful for that. And I have not finished that yet but I have downloaded everything that he mentioned and I have started the process well, and I think I, to- you. Bravo. I I told you this morning my email I, th- I have like 5,626 unread emails so I can feel and really so- good about myself I only have 3,000 but yeah <laughs> so but I know that's bad. I I struggle. I get overwhelmed. And there's I, there's just so much stuff that comes. I try to delete them. And then, you know, I'm not good at checking all the time. Mm-hmm. But this, I am going to do his system because I'm like, it. I, I just love it. It's not just about emails, but it's about everything. Just having that. And that frees you up for so much more. You know, it really does. And it is, we should be humble to know we can't do it all. On page 27, he said, we humans are finite creatures facing infinite demands. There are so many things we could do in our lives, but few we actually can do and fewer still we can do with excellence. Mm, So good. So I, I really do think that uh, we need to embrace our limitations. And then through those limitations, God will guide us into the areas where he wants us to be. And because where can we glorify him the most? I'm, I'm not a, a painter, so I'm probably not going to be painting, uh, you know, having an art show or something. But, you know, 
I might do something else to write my God. Yeah. You're still try. creative and you're a great writer. But I think when we, sometimes we want to do something that is, we're not gifted with, you know, and that, that's the problem. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, sometimes you, you're like, okay, I should be understanding this, but you're right. He starts out so easy because he's really broad. Like you need to have a purpose and mm-hmm. our purpose is to glorify God. And then he has scripture there to go along with it. And because um, and, Ephesians 2.10 said, For his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I mean, he has a ton of scripture to back up his thinking. And my favorite was uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all in the glory of God. Do all yes. to the glory of God. So like you said, when you drop your kids off at school, you said that. Didn't you say something to that effect? Like, Yeah. we. So because of this book, and now it's in my vocabulary and in my the front of mind, I'm like, guys, what's our purpose? You know, and like, and they said, glorify God. And I was like, by, and by doing good for others, right? And so I told them, I want you to tell me one good thing that you did for others when you get home. So it's like, but I think I need that too. Yeah. Because or else you just are reacting to everything and you, you know, and you might do good for others if it comes up, but you might not because you you're just reacting. That won't be in, in your frontal uh, in the front frontal cortex. It won't be there unless you've yes. got a plan. He also mentioned uh, Ben Franklin's quote, planning to uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm. Yeah. And I like this. This was so I tried the to-doist app and I, I I haven't at the app I haven't actually done it but I went found it and I liked what he said so when you have something on your to-do list you're going to either there's four d's uh, delete it do it defer it or delegate it I like mm, that that is good and I you know I like anything that's all alliteration works for me but uh, it's okay to delete it. I don't know why I have this fear of deleting an email. What What is the fear of that? I don't well, know. And, well, you know, I like, see, that's why I like the Evernote thing. Because they're, like, I, I he said we use our, our emails for more than it was intended for, which is true. Oh, yeah. Because yes. it's like, I'm going to need that later. But I'm like, so I'll just leave it there. And then I can try to search it out later. But so he talks about this system called um, Evernote, which I'd never heard of it. But Me neither. I, I downloaded it and it's awesome. And you basically, it's basically a, a kind of a, a, what do you call it? An organizational system. So, I mean, you can have all your tax information there. You can have um, it, like you break down because he helps you define your responsibilities and put things where they go. And this really just helps you organize all of that. Oh, when and, you mentioned that, I loved what he said. Okay. So the, the to-do list, uh, that one is for your tasks. And they should start with verbs. I loved that. Yes. And oh, then yes. the management tool, which is what you're talking about, uh, they should start with nouns. And it should be a keeper of information. And he said, your brain doesn't need to remember all this. You, you can, these are mundane events or information, you know, flight. He said. Um, oh, your like- calendar. Oh, keep going, though. Your calendar. So there's three. So oh, yeah. what you did, the to-do list was the verbs. 
the organizational system, management system is nouns. And then your calendar is like specific times and places. And like he, he said he had a vacation coming up and there, I don't know that this is true, but in the book, it talked about, he found this article that said best day of the year to buy tickets. And he put that with the tickets because like goes with like. And I thought, yes. wow, so that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. would I have ever thought about that? Um, no, <laughs> I wouldn't have. But you know how many things you kind of see or you come across that's really good and you might bookmark it and never look at it again. Or oh, you can't find so it true. again. Yeah, that or, is so true. So I love that it, it this is a, he, you are creating places for these things that will help you and you can refer to them. And it's just a, I mean, just like a library, really. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't it be so chaotic if you went in a library and you're like, well, good luck. You know, we don't know it's, yeah. if Where's it was it all at? unorganized. No, good luck. Yeah. Here's a flashlight. Go find it. Yeah. Well, and I liked his analogy that made me very embarrassed when I was reading it. But he said, uh, would you go to your actual mailbox, pull something out, look at it and shove it back in? And I thought, no, I would never do that to an actual mailbox. Yeah. You know, and your object to go check your mail is to clean out the mailbox. You don't leave stuff in there. Yes. And I thought, oh, duh. You know, so. So with your email inbox, it should be the same. But it's definitely not for me. I'm (laughs) 5,000 plus. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You win. You're, you yeah. are the winner by so, far. Hey, that's not a good victory, but I'm changing. I'm, yeah. I am changing. I am making a commitment. So, And one other, there's two other things, but one was, I liked what he said about interruptions. We, we should expect them. And that was always hard mm. to, to be interrupted. You know, I think that that doesn't help your productivity, but I think I would have a better mindset if you expected to be interrupted. Because that's yes. life, you know, that's life. And in the way that this is set up, that he's helping you organize your life, if you are interrupted, everything's in its place, yeah. you know? Sometimes when you're interrupted and we're, ca- like, you can't get back to where you were, and but if everything has its place, it's, I feel like that won't be as bad. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not going to be hard to pick up. And another one at the end of the book, he said, and he was using it like a uh, husband, if I want to succeed as a husband, I should serve. And surprise. Can, at, no, you said to succeed as a husband, you need to serve or to succeed oh. as a parent, you need to serve or a teacher serve, but to excel, then you surprise. And oh, I like okay. that. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was, I mean, cause we don't think about that a lot of times. I think, I think we understand serving, but surprising takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. So I actually went and did that yesterday. So your dad was coming home and I went and got him. He loves this lady in Lipscomb makes sofapias, not sofapias, but quesadillas. I went and got them for him. I was so proud of myself. I said, I am going to surprise. And then he surprised me with, <laughs> with, with food from the golden house. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. So we had, that's rare but that's wow. awesome yeah. man good job and hey I did it too <laughs> did you this, do <laughs> and I don't know if I didn't even consciously think that I was like I'm not thinking I'm going to surprise everybody but I did and like I I had stopped by a bookstore and I got everyone a book and then I even brought uh I got goodies at HEB and took them to my husband at his work and but, and then I'm like, it's funny because I had read that and I didn't even register it, but I did it. <laughs> Subliminal. So, Subliminal. Yes. Yeah. It's so. powerful. 
I just think if, you know, uh, books can be life-changing if, and you really need to, time is limited. Like he said, we only have 168 hours in a week. We want to, to do better. We want to improve. And I just like his, his whole thing, do more, better. But that's what we really want to do things uh, subconsciously because that would be, you're starting a habit, you know, yes. and uh, do more, better. So what we're, we're just trying to improve on the talents. And I wrote down, God, what did I learn from this book? God rewards those who faithfully steward what he has entrusted to them. Mm, yes. And Love you all, it. what do you always say? God can't drive or won't drive a parked car. Yes. So make a feeble attempt. I mean, well, I think that's a good word you said too, the steward. And he does talk about that in the, you know, the parable of the 10 talents and, and the different ones and what happened. And I think we think of, we think of stewarding financially and we think of stewarding physically. Cause you'll hear people talk about, you know, um, that your body's a temple and you need to do that. But I feel like this book really uh, fills up that gap of, we don't really think of stewarding productivity. We don't think of stewarding our time and energy and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is just so powerful because, uh, that really encompasses the the fitness and the financial too. This is the productivity encompasses it all. So yeah. I, I mean, it, it it's powerful and it is a short one. Like um, admit it when he says when you pray, you're admitting your dependence upon God and you're asking for His help in developing a routine or whatever you're you're doing. And I, I and then he talks about daily check in takes like four or five minutes and then weekly. I mean, he, like you said, he breaks it down to make it really functional. Yes. He I does think, not leave you hanging. I mean, no. he gives you a step-by-step -step guide. And so I'm like, he, that was not a lie, a practical guide to productivity because he breaks it down. And that's what I want. That's when, when someone's struggling with the organization, they don't need someone just giving them kind of the, the overarching idea. We need practical step-by-step how do you walk through this? And we do so. that with recipes. You know, you don't say yes. put in some salt. <laughs> yes. You, you say half a teaspoon or a teaspoon or whatever. You want a specific amount of salt. So uh, that's the same way. And he's very, I mean, to me, this really does help you if you're kind of challenged in that area, as I am. I, I'm with you, sister. <laughs> oh, one more thing I did really like, and this is, uh, this is when we were talking about kind of struggling with uh, saying no to things. He says, sometimes you accept roles out of plain old fear of man. You were too afraid to say no, or you were too eager to impress others with your willingness to do it all. Mm. And so I felt that that really hit me because I have struggled in the past with being a people pleaser and almost, and, and like you said, we should have a slow yes and a, and a quick no. Well, I, I was reverse. I would have a quick yes because I want to please, mm -hmm. you know, so yes. And then um, no is just excruciatingly painful for me. Mm. I'm like almost could not say no. And so this actually would lead me to try to avoid situations or social things where I felt like I would be, you know, if I'm overwhelmed and then um, I know they're, they're needing help with something or, you know, just to kind of avoid that instead of having my responsibilities my areas of responsibilities defined and know what I can and can't take on mm -hmm. I, and then 
that's just totally different. It gives you a whole level of freedom mm. to be able to say no, but still, you know, that's still powerful. be out there. And so I, I, that helped me a lot oh, because is, I'm like, yeah, that's very powerful. Yeah. The, the, um, when you have that umbrella over you, like I'm going to glorify God. Well, if you accept all these responsibilities, yes, 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 yes. And then you crash and burn. That's not glorifying anybody. Yes. And I've been there. I've done mm-hmm. that exact thing. You just go, go, go. And then you crash. And then I hermitize, yeah. you know, it's like, well, you have to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I, well, I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap on Do More Better by Tim Challies. And we hope you keep those pages turning and those book lights burning. And we just thank you for coming by and we hope to see you on the next one.